Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Coming right up, it is the Book of Acts, Chapter 18. Don't you dare miss it. We're talking about the moral decay of society. It's happening all around us today. It happened back then. And what happened to this community or this country or this area of the world? Morals is the benchmark for human virtue and human values. We know morals is on the individual. Personal thought patterns that translate into intentions and actions. And ethics is a set of institutional standards that collective individuals establish. Governmental systems. Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing ourselves. And here's a great example here of a couple remnants of truth. Paul and his posse going in there trying to plant the seeds of truth in this just moral debauchery going on here. Acts chapter 18 verse 1. And there's nothing new under the sun. And we're going to talk about that today. You don't want to miss this one. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. This is the Corinthians. Okay. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because uh, that Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. There's a lot said here in the first. First, we're going to go over Corinthians and Corinth. What was going on there? It was the worship of Aphrodite and Corinth, at this time, in Corinthians, or Corinth here, it was big money. It was boomtown. This was it. This was the place to be. It was the economic hub. It was all about the commerce. Big money going on. What happens? Money's a curse. You watch what happens. Everywhere you look around the world, money's a curse. The worship of Aphrodite, that's the same as Ashtaroth was carried on here. And it's licentious activity. That is to say unprincipled moral debauchery just became the new norm and they had courtesans that's mistresses or prostitutes and that was openly accepted this was just accepted behavior in society even the husband and wife would cop to it and say okay that's fine this is this is how we're going to run our family by having a courtes courtesan or prostitute engaging in our family at going out in social events you can look this up in history how they did it now the law court was also the heathen temple was the center of government as well as the resident of the monarch so social and political life were completely mixed together and they worshipped the Aphrodite that's grove worship or Ashtaroth in your Bible whenever you see the word Ashtaroth just remember that it's a lot of times translated grove worship for some bizarre reason it makes no sense and that's our easter today and god hates it now this a lot of people say to me well easter is just innocent it's just our tradition and a lot of historians will say one thing or another about easter the ashtaroth grove worship but historians will do one account at this time period and then another historian will do one account at this time period and then people will read this one or this one and start arguing and not consider the timeline of how moral debauchery destroys society okay now today we're living in it okay it's maybe maybe it's not because the church is so separate now and the church is almost basically almost insignificant in the community except for being a cultural event so these people worship this this was right in the residence where the where politics were mixed and in society were mixing mixing together and today like it's like today it's like today in recent times. What's going on? Is there moral debauchery going on? Well, let's just see. Let's, let's see if it's going on 
in our governmental system. Remember this. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I was down at Jeffrey Epstein's house. Uh, I was at Epstein Island. Let me tell you something about that, why that bothers me. About Bill Clinton's, you know, just the moral decay of society and this whole Epstein thing. That I have a friend that was in the Navy, the Canadian Navy, and they used to escort Bill Clinton in to Epstein Island. He wasn't on the ship. Who was on Bill Clinton's ship? How many people were on that ship? These guys, these military guys, these Navy guys, he told me a story. When they found out what was going on, they ripped Prince Andrew's portrait right off the wall and threw it right in the water because we're a colony of Britain. Our Navy, Her Majesty's the Queen, she's not around anymore, so it's, it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? These guys knew. People know. But what are you going to do? What are you going to say? You know, today, you don't think that we have this uh, temple worship, all these uh, prostitutes. Like here, they had attached to this temple of Venus. There was 1,000 courtesans. That's prostitutes everywhere. And, it, and to say something like to act as a Corinthian, uh, that was in a, that's in literature back then all the time. Act just like a morally corrupt sexual pervert. And because they had money, that's what they do. You see people with money nowadays, too. They're the same. It's all about the human crotch and money and whatever other vice they got. And it's the saddest thing. And we pray for everybody. Think about this. This is what bothers me. We're talking about morally corrupt, ethically corrupt societies. And people think, well, this isn't going on today. It's not going on today. Well, let me tell you something. The top three porn sites have a total of $5.81 billion visits per month 5.8 billion visits per month on this one site alone that's the moral decay of society this gets into a deeper lesson i'm going to jump all over this when it's talking about women not being able to talk in church because i missed something and i admit it i missed something there in uh the book of corinthians when paul said because it's the law I always read over that i know the custom of the times was women don't talk in church because no chattering no chattering. But you go home with your husband and you be careful because look at all the sexual perverts back then. You watch your wife. That's why it goes back to Genesis 3.16. You'll be subject to your husband. That means he's going to protect you from all these sexual perverts. Think about this. You know, these statistics that just make me sick about pornography. Who are we talking to? They walk amongst us. They gain trust and walk amongst us. And they use this banner christianity to gain trust through false pretenses 2018 over 109 trillion videos were watched on one porn site 109 trillion videos on one porn site this just makes me sick these statistics that i have in front of me like who are we walking with and that includes pastors there's even a thing in here where pastors admit it one in seven pastors, that's over 50,000 churches, have a perverted guy standing behind the pulpit who thinks it's okay to consume pornography. What did Jesus Christ say? That's willingly sin. He said, you even look at somebody like a lusty puppy, perverted, you've committed adultery. We know Jesus Christ said that. 
Anyways, here we are in the moral decay of society right here. We're living it now. That's why when you're with your wife or something, it's don't be jealous. That's not what I'm trying to say here. Jealousy is, is, is forbidden in the Bible. You just know that if you want to study the Bible, that you have a Bible study together and you're with your wife and you watch your wife. If you see somebody talking to your wife, you just think, all these people that watch pornography, I wonder what's inside their mind. I wonder what's inside their, you know, their, their, their governing index of inward thoughts, feelings, and intentions. You just don't know if all these people are watching pornography. And that's what was happening at Corinth. They were acting out on it. But now today, in the past month, on this web watch, this is this is blows my mind. And I'd like to get this confirmed. 91% of men in the past month have watched pornography. Who are we walking amongst out there? Right now, there's 800 million videos on YouTube, and there's a trillion videos of pornography on their sites. So it is a miracle if you're watching this video. Just like, subscribe, anything to help get the message of Christ's love out to a hurting world so we can get back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension where we can look around, and it's a place of perpetual friendship, of trust. Can you imagine being somewhere for an eternity? Where you can look at a billion people and know you can trust every single one. Because God has done what he said he's going to do. There's going to be a great separation of people. You people are going to have to go play somewhere else. You people with your perverted thought patterns and your ideologies that are outside of the word of God. Go play somewhere else. It's called the lake of fire. Lake just means haven or harbor. And fire, Isaiah chapter 9. James chapter 3, it's the internal passion of the mind. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It's full of evil, deadly poison. Where does it come from? Kekos poneros, noisome, grievous sore. That's Kekos poneros. Kekos is evil from within, and poneros is your actions, which speak louder than words. So here we have, and then they have um, Aquila and Priscilla. Now, remember in the Bible, we run into these guys again. We're going to talk about that later. But why they say they're Jews, but they're living over there. It's just like, okay, so just to make this clear, we're not talking about, are they claiming they're of the posterity of Judah? Fourth out from Jacob with Leah of the 12 tribes of Israel. Or is this that adjective again that we see in the manuscripts through the lexicons, Eudios? Well, that means it's just like me saying, I was born in Canada by the Great Lakes. If I was to move to Germany, I would still be, I would still identify as a white trash Canadian. No matter where I move on planet Earth. Even if, I, even if my parents moved from Canada to Germany and I was born there, they would still call me, he's a white trash Canadian. Here's this guy, he's, he's from the land of Judea. It's a geographical, in the geographical context here because he's not hostile to Lord Jesus Christ or his followers. Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, so he can call himself a Jew because he's originally from that area. Is he of the posterity of Brother Judah? That's not the word that was being used here. Commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. Yeah, no wonder. Did you see the last chapter? They can't stop causing problems. That's why. It's ethnic cleansing. Get You guys, get out of here. Get out of here. Like all of you, you guys are nothing but troublemakers. And because he was, was of the same craft, he abode there with them and wrought for them. They're all, okay, so there's a couple tent makers here, right? They both got a trade, Paul and this guy. 
And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. He's there teaching the Bible, okay? And Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia. Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus Christ, that Jesus was Christ. That's to say, Yeshua, Messiah, Yeshua, salvation of Yahweh, Messiah, the anointed one. My righteous right arm. And when they were opposed themselves, I don't know who translated this, probably a Corinth. And when they were resisted, it's anti-tassel. And when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Okay, you guys don't want to hear, you guys don't want to hear the truth. And that, that's a big thing today. People don't want to hear it. There's nothing new under the sun as far as human character is concerned. This is what Paul said. Listen, I've tried to teach you guys the road to salvation. I tried to teach you, Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, your salvation, your deliverer, your redeemer, most precious in the universe, written about over and over in the Bible. You see how this came to pass. He's trying to teach them. You see how this one man, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, mentioned in the Quran also, a whole chapter born of a virgin bride, Mary. You see how he came and executed the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond or just the most selfless act of love and compassion the universe has ever witnessed. Where prophecy became in accordance with the Word of God, in accordance with reality. It was the crowning point of Christianity. Jesus Christ did not sin. Therefore, he's the only one that can forgive sin at a judicial level that is universally recognized to allow us judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to get maximum humiliation, maximum torture. He did it for us. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. When his blood spilt, that was a covenant that is universally recognized. That gave the Lord Jesus Christ the right to open up the ministry of salvation into the Millennium Temple. It is valid. It is legit. It is bona fide. The only one. He's the only one worthy. Most precious in the universe. The only begotten Son of God. First and foremost importance in the universe. The only begotten Son of God. The author of salvation. The living word, perfect in righteousness, perfect in trustworthiness. He took the lowest earthly position for you and for me. And he did not have to do that. God could have just said, you know what? To hell with all you. To hell with the one third that fell. You couldn't be trusted. You followed Satan. You know you did. I know I did. And so do you. Everybody has something inside of them. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. It takes the most brutal humbling. What's inside of you that's not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension? Everybody knows it. Whether they admit it or not, hey, you have to be asked for forgiveness from the only one that can forgive you and grant you judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven so we can get on with the affairs of time, cohabitating with God in his circuits of time. As we did before, as it's written in Job 38, verse 7, Psalms 90, and many other places, where were we before? And then one third of us fell, Revelation 12, 4 followed Satan. That's me. That's you. We're trying to get back. God gave us his only begotten son. He is the light. He is the way. He is the perfect truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And if you don't like it, God said, that's fine. That's fine. You can go play somewhere else. There has to be a great separation of people because if these people that act like this, morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, spiritually corrupt, were allowed back into the kingdom of heaven, it would be nothing more than a new hell and that's not the way god operates god is fair you can go play somewhere else and there's no forgiveness of sin after you die by the way great white throne judgment you better hope someone comes over and tries to help you out of there so here's paul 
He's saying, you know what? You've exhausted your caregiver. And who doesn't feel like this today when they're trying to serve the Lord? Who doesn't feel like this when there's hundreds of millions of people watching pornography and three people watching this video? If that. And maybe one person might upvote it. You know, who doesn't feel like that? If you start to get this. Morals. I don't know if you can see that. You start to get this. Here's morals. Here's time. Because time's not going to stop. Here's the Bible. Here's us up here. We're trying our best. That's why you're watching this video. Here's society. As we go along and get closer to here, when God's going to wrap up the affairs of time on this flesh age, there's a huge disconnect between us and them. These to the great separation of people. It is sad. It is bittersweet. But if they don't care, then that's their problem. What are we supposed to do about it? And that's what Paul is saying right here. Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I did my best. You've exhausted your caregiver. I will go unto the Gentiles now. Ezekiel 3, 18. Be careful. Be really careful. Ezekiel 3, 18. This is a critical verse. You have to understand. This is God saying, hey, this is what Paul is going through. And this is what we are going through together as, as part of the many-membered body of Christ. Trying to get the word out there to these heathen people just getting mocked and delegitimized and humiliated and lied against and discredited. People ask me, what do you do all day? Why don't you just log on and see all the media I put up? What do you mean, what do I do all day? What, what an insult to me. Just a total insult. This is what God's saying. When I say unto the wicked, hey, thou shalt surely die. There's a wicked one right there. It doesn't care about nothing. All self-occupation, overfed, unconcerned, unthankful, ungrateful. It's all about you, big shot. I say, you shall surely die. And when thou givest him not warning, that's us. That's me. That's you. If we don't warn these wicked people, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Hochi, we have a huge responsibility. Teacher must put the word out there. No matter if you get one view, two views, one share, it, it's irrelevant. You're trying your best. His life, death never denotes non-existence in the original language manuscripts. Never. You have a spiritual life with God or you have a spiritual life, your spirit, the intellect of your soul, this closed energy system. It goes somewhere when you die. It has to. The laws of thermodynamics were written in the Bible thousands of years before Einstein. It's a closed energy system when we're talking. Your spirit can only take in information. The word information is not in the Bible. It's light. What are you doing with your spirit, your personality, your character, your reactive attitude that motivates all actions? That's what's going to get judged. The flesh body goes back in the dirt. It's an open energy system in the laws of thermodynamics. This closed energy system, energy cannot be created or destroyed. You get a psychological reaction to something, information, light. The brain processes it and initiates a physiological response. I got to get it up. I got to go have a smoke or whatever you do, right? When the body dies... This goes somewhere. Your psyche, your spirit, your governing index of inward thoughts, feelings, and intentions. That's who you are. What you are, you're a human being. Your soul is an energy. Your spirit is an energy. Together they make up your identity. Right now, we're spiritual beings going through this flesh experience. 
And there's nothing more important than where you go when you die. And that's why we're doing this. And if we don't warn people, the blood will be on us because we know better. And we're trying to explain it to people. And, you know, most people don't care. Obviously, most people are watching pornography right now in their home offices. Hey, your home office. Why don't you get control of yourself? That's nothing more than your masturbatorium. God's watching you. God's watching you. And so are all the angels watching you. Consume that. I can talk it and be as hard as I want to be on these people because I walked it. I was one of them before I was born again. That is out. That's out of my psyche, my spirit, out of my character forever. And if anyone wants to rub my face in it, bring it. Because Jesus Christ forgives, why can't you? You can have everything I've ever done. It's behind the barn in a big pile of shit. And if you want to wallow in it, go ahead. Everyone has that right to be born again. And if people want to rub your face in the past because they can't forgive because they have an inner void they have to fill. They need that feeling of empowerment to put you down, to try and discredit you. Michael, remember back in 2000, what the... Well, what did you do back then? We still haven't done finished talking about that Michael I get that all the time I pray for everybody I pray for everybody in the whole human family and I feel bad for those people that can't get over the past and then they project people that project on you people that project their anger and frustrations on you by saying Michael you really they don't say well you're really passionate and uh, really well educated in the manuscripts oh, you're angry you're so angry pal are you so angry? I'm not angry. What are you talking about? Now you're making me angry by saying I'm angry. Of course, you know that people are projecting what's inside of them onto you. Their jealousies, their insecurities, their uneasiness, their fear, their inner void, their guilt, their emptiness. We pray for these people. The only fulfillment you'll ever get is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go. Ezekiel 3.18. What a epic verse, man. Monumental. Always remember that when you think, what am I doing this for? We're doing this for this remnant of truth the remnant of people and okay so let's go here and he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named justice a lot of people think this is titus i agree who cares let's just read on one that worshiped god whose host joined hard to the synagogue i guess they lived in row houses back then and crispus nice name crispus baptized by paul in first corinthians 1 14 the chief ruler of the synagogue and this is good they believed on the lord with all his house the whole household and that's what breaks my heart. You know, there is nobody in my household that even cares about the Lord Jesus Christ. They say they do. It's just, oh yeah, it's just, again, it's the saddest thing. And there's going to be a great separation of people. My heart just aches for people that are close to me that just don't care. They'd rather go back into my Rolodex of poop and create a legacy and go, look at this guy. Yeah, we're not, you know, you know what? We're, we're busy. We're too busy. We're too busy watching the television. We're too busy um, watching the stock markets. We're too busy playing golf and or going on some silly vacation. I pray for these people. I just pray. I pray for them. It's going to be a great separation of people. But then you've exhausted your caregiver. Ezekiel 44. We can go across the gulf to these people, to certain people. But are you going to want to? Me and Tammy talk about this all the time. It says, well, what are they doing right now? This is the time. This is the most important day of your life now because you're going to drop any day now. As far as the affairs of time are concerned, fate will not negotiate. No matter how big of a star you think you are, 
You're going to die at the most inconvenient time. And you're going to meet your maker. And the most daunting, horrific words you'll ever hear are, depart from me, you never took the time to get to know me. You watched 10,000 hours of TV. You went on all these silly vacations. You got houses up north, down south, in the middle. You know, just, you just only cared about yourself. You never opened the Bible once with your family. You know, that's just so sad. It's just so overwhelmingly sad. Crispus and his whole household and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. This is not just the greatest thing. Because they sat around not drinking booze, not watching TV. They're studying the Bible as a family. Not that they had TV back then, but who knows what they did. A lot of greasy stuff was going on in the, in the land of Corinthians. Then spoke the Lord to Paul in the night in a vision. That means to discern clearly. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Paul, get out there. Don't worry about it. Just, just throw the word of God out there and where it lands, where it lands, I'm watching. I'm watching. Who cares and who doesn't care? Then speak the Lord to Paul. Okay, for I am with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee for I have much people in this city. Okay? And he continued there for 18 months. That's a long time. That's a long stretch teaching the word of God. He says, stay there. Stay in Corinth. Stay there. Okay, so 18 months later, the Crispus is no longer uh, the chief ruler. I think it used to change every year. We got Sothenes as the chief ruler now. But And when Galileo was the deputy of Archia, okay, here's the government here. The Jews made insurrection here. They're just going around causing riots, and they're the minority, and they're not even belong. They, like, they're the minority in this Rome here with one accord against Paul. They're just on him, man. They want to kill this guy for what he says. For thought crimes. Hey, does that sound like what's going on today? Same thing. Thought control, mind control, thought reform. Hey, thought crimes, Paul. What you're saying is offensive to me. This is woke, big time. What you're saying is offending me. <laughs> woke was then and woke is now. It's the end of an empire. Did you And brought him to the judgment seat. Oh, okay, we're going to get judged here by Galileo, saying this fellow persuaded his men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Galileo said unto the Jews, If it was a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O ye Jews, reason would that I should bear with you. Listen, did he break our laws? Did he do something like, how, could, how wicked or lewd could you be in, in the area of Corinth anyway? But if it be a question of words and names of your law, like your superstition, that's what they thought of this. And then the way the lead clergy and their followers twisted this by sugarcoating it and adding to it, like they do today, or taking away things. Same thing, nothing new under the sun. Okay? I'm not, I'm not judging your matter. And he tried, you guys get out of here. And then, look what happens. All the Greeks took Sothenes, poor guy, just like, what did he do? What did I do? The chief ruler of the synagogue and beat him for the judgment seat. That's not funny. I'm trying not to laugh. Okay, but just look what kind of mob scene they create here. And Galileo, he didn't care. And Paul tarried after there. Paul still stunk, st stuck around. And then poor Sothenes here, but not really because he, like, he was the one who organized this, you know, mob scene against Paul. And God just said, I am with thee, and no man should set on thee to hurt thee. So Paul remembered what God said 18 months later. Sothenes and his mob scene of these death squad financed by the church comes after Paul, and then he gets shit kicked. Yeah, yeah, sorry, not sorry, Sothenes. And Paul still stuck around and then took his leave of his brethren. 
sailed there to Syria, and with them Priscilla and Aquila. You notice it's Priscilla, then Aquila, okay? So Aquila was the tent maker, and Priscilla was what? She was the church woman, the solid woman, meek. I can hold my own. Don't mess with me. I can say no to all the vain curiosities that come up. I can afflict myself with self-discipline. That's what meek is, a stand-up woman. Do you think she was walking around Corinth in a pair of yoga pants? I doubt it. Priscilla, that's why she's always mentioned first in Romans, in Timothy, in Corinthians. Priscilla, always mentioning, Paul mentions her first, and Aquila. And having shorn his head in Centuria, for he, for he had a vow, who? This doesn't, I don't know who. I don't know. Paul or Aquila, who, who, who got their bean shaved here? Doesn't matter. And he came to Ephesus, hey, here's Ephesians, and left them there, but he entered, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Hey, let's talk some Bible. Let's, let's open the book and let it speak for itself. That's what I'm talking about. And they desired him to tarry longer. And he consented not. No, man, I, I planted the seed here. I gave you guys the verses. Jesus Christ came. He fulfilled prophecy. Okay, this has all happened. Okay, just like it was written. Psalms 22, all through the Psalms, through the prophets, through Moses. It happened, okay? And he bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep the feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return unto you if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. Okay, so where's Paul going? Maybe he got his bean shaved, right? Maybe he got the haircut because I think he's trying to make it to Pentecost. So this would have been, uh, you know, after Passover. Maybe it was hot out. He took a vow. Or was it Aquila? Who cares? I don't, I don't know why I keep thinking about that. And when he had landed at Caesarea, gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. You know, he, Paul got almost killed down in these areas and he's still going back. This is how tough this guy was. This is how determined of a Christian man this guy is. Stand-up guy. Not only does he say, no, we, you know, it's like around here. People call what I do S-H-I-T. They call it, say, what you're doing is S-H-I-T. Because they all got money up here, and they think money adds value to their opinion. And they can buy virtue and respect and manners and, and common sense, which they can't, obviously. They can't buy happiness or inner peace. It doesn't matter. I pray for these people, right? Paul goes back not only after they called it, you know, discredit it with vulgar uh, profanities. But he got beat there, man. They were beating on him, stoning him. Didn't they drag him out of there and leave him for dead? And after he had spent there some time, yeah, he wasn't scared. He departed and went over all the country of Galatia, that's Galatians, and Phrygia, in order strengthening all the disciples. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. That's what we want. An orator of the scriptures that studies all day and then tries to orate it. This guy, Apollos. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, not in the way of some book. Like, you know what? I was, I was, uh, I was in the church. I don't go to these churches anymore. And I was looking for a certain book. Uh, a certain lexicon and they just they started showing me books written by Joyce Myers I was like are you kidding me man we're talking this we're educated in the scriptures not by some inspirational speaker who's ripping off the Bible's a random book of quotes for huge gain right so I prayed for those people I prayed for them I get it because I used to read those books too and I used to buy them back in the early 90s I was looking for the truth but I never stopped saying hey man I can read one of Joyce Meyer's books or someone else, and then I open this, and I, it, didn't, it, it doesn't explain anything, right? It's a sugar-sweet, sugar-coated message, and with every sugar-coated anything comes a sugar crash after, obviously. 
This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Okay, so it just wasn't up to date yet. That's fine. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. There you go, Priscilla first. Oh, it says Aquila there. Well, I'm going to have to go backtrack on what I said 10 minutes ago. Whatever. Okay, so they, they told him, hey, Jesus Christ came. The, you know, the only begotten Son of God, first and foremost importance in the universe, perfect in righteousness, perfect in trustworthiness. He is your shepherd. You shall not want another. Psalms 23, your good shepherd, your great shepherd. He is your only shepherd. He is your rock, your only stability, your only certainty. Here's your fortress, your high tower, your only safety, your only security. They're teaching him, hey, he is your Savior, your salvation, your Deliverer, your Redeemer. He paid a price for us none of us could pay. It was impossible for any of us to pay that price back because he was innocent, not guilty. He laid down his life for us at the appointed time. He said, Satan, you got nothing on me. Satan's got something on all of us because we're all sinners. Only Jesus Christ did not sin. That gives him the universal right. Universally recognized. The judicial to grant us judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven by forgiving us for our sins. He's the only one that can do that. That's what they were explaining to him. Jesus Christ came, and now he's waiting for us, and he's watching us. And when he was disposed to pass into Achia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace, for he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Mightily is in good manner and convinced, documenting everything he said, having a linear progression towards the truth. Hey, I want to thank you very much for watching. Please like and subscribe. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Email me at companionchapel at gmail.com. And if you want one of these, aren't these just the greatest things? Look at that. $10 donation to this nonprofit to help me uh, hire somebody to manage this media and promote it. I want to thank you very much for watching. That's companionchapel.com. There's a PayPal there. Visa MasterCard PayPal. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-remembered body of Christ. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Partner with the Companion Chapel today, the most important day of your life. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself a great day, and bye for now.